You know, it takes absolutely no energy or effort to line people up and say, Keisha, you were right. You have the right to feel this way. You have the right to be, to, to, to be angry or to, to, to be revengeful or, or vindictive. You have those rights because of what happened to you. And I teach in my clinic, there's a difference between being right and being well. Mm-hmm. Jesus asked us, did we want to be well? Not do we want to be right? So being well takes a different kind of journey. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and the persistent encourager. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own, and I wished we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. And I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support, and to provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. This is part two of my interview with Keisha Wright. In part one, which you can listen to in episode 57, Keisha shared a very personal and traumatic story with us. Today in part two, she is going to share some of the tools she and her husband Antoine used and are still using today to heal their family. As is the case with anyone that I bring on the show to talk to you, I encourage you to take notes and listen to the information. Then do your due diligence and use what you can in your adoption journey to parent your child the best way you can. We'll pick up a little bit from where we left off in episode 57 to establish the context for today's episode. Hope and healing are on the way. Just so all the listeners know, you and Antoine made it through this and you are together today. Yes, we That's are. Awesome. Almost 20 years, 20 years in June. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we, we are, we are still together. Mm-hmm. We are still on this healing journey. Um, and when I say that, meaning we don't, we don't live in this, this pain of, you know, a prostitute coming to our house, but there's so many tools that we've learned along this journey that we, we keep on the forefront of our mind. And and the reason why is because we never want to go back. Mm -hmm. We know that God has delivered us from something. And so, because he has, we want to keep that as a, um, something that we exercise and, and tools that we use in our, mm-hmm. in our daily life. And we teach, we teach that mm-hmm. um, to individuals as well as couples. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, passages that's coming to my head right now is when the apostle Paul says, we can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Correct. Because he has all kinds of ways he's going to come after us. And one of them uh, you've talked about is not acknowledging past experiences that have caused you pain correct so it sounds like that you had to go back beyond that sunday night 
Correct. And address those issues or whatever those issues were. And you don't need to to expound on that with details, but you had issues you had to resolve before you could even get to Sunday night and then go forward. Correct. Absolutely. We, we, we both did. Um, you know, and, and when you are, I, I use air quotes, uh, cause I, I teach the polar opposite when you are the victim. Okay. So mm-hmm. when you're the victim of something, someone wronging you, it's so easy to point the finger and say, absolutely. This has absolutely nothing to do with me. You know, Antoine was responsible for his choices. I teach the power of choice. Antoine mm-hmm. was responsible for his choices. But until Keisha, you know, I, I say this all the time, 98% could have been Antoine's fault, mm-hmm. but 2% was mine. And until I was willing to look at the 2% and take 100% ownership of the 2%, Keisha was never going to get well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it takes absolutely no energy or effort to line people up and say, Keisha, you were right. You have the right to feel this way. You have the right to be to 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 be angry or to 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 be revengeful or, or vindictive. You have those rights because of what happened to you. And I teach in my clinic, there's a difference between being right and being well. Mm-hmm. Jesus asked us, did we want to be well, not do we want to be right? Mm-hmm. So being well takes a different kind of journey. I was right in the way I was feeling, but being right was not going to allow me to taste and feel wellness. I gather it didn't take you three to five years to get well. You know, it didn't. It it didn't take three to five years. In fact, on the anniversary of, now the prostitute told me her name was Coco. Okay, so on the one year anniversary of Coco coming by the house, my friend and I launched our first weekend of teaching people how I got better. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I look back on that weekend and it was just me and five other ladies. I had no clue it was going to erupt until what I have now. I, I didn't know that, but I was willing to tell the dirtiest part of my story. And I was willing to, expose other hurt and pain in my life and, and walk through that. But it took some time to start exercising these tools and mm-hmm. making it my normal. And so it, it doesn't take three to five years. It, it really doesn't. Um, I tell people when they come into the clinic, I can teach everything I know in four days and I can teach you how to use it, but you have to choose to repeat it over and over until it becomes your normal. You know, one of the things I've been taking notes like crazy here. And I, ho- <laughs> I hope the audience is doing the same thing. One right. of the things that really stood out to me is when you said you can't parent out of poverty. And in on this podcast, one of the things that we talk about is adoption trauma. And adoption trauma has different levels of different degrees of severity. Some, and like in my case, it was pretty bad. But in other families, there's still going to be what has been described by, as a hole in the heart. There's still a hole, regardless of whether you have it all together or uh, or don't feel as much of the loneliness. There's still that hole in the heart. With adoptive parents, then, who are trying to help their children navigate that hole and help them to f- find how to heal it, 
what would be something as you're thinking about what you did to heal yourself, what we would be one thing you could share with our audience that, you know, even though hopefully they don't have to go through the experience you did, but they still went through something difficult. And how did they start to resolve some of those issues for themselves and heal themselves so they can help heal their children? Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. One thing I want to to tell your audience is pain is inherited. You can't bury it. You can't bury pain. You only can pass it on. And so unless you take time, and the only way I have learned to do this or the most efficient way is allowing yourself to check out a life and spend some alone time walking through things that have hurt you. I love medical analogies because I definitely believe that time doesn't heal all wounds, that it can really set up a nasty infection. And so if you don't want to pass pain on to your children, whether they're biological or adopted children, then you have to first understand where the wounds are in your life. You have to stop putting band-aids over bullet holes and you have to be able to recognize I'm a wounded mama. I'm a wounded daddy. Let me get healthy. Let me understand why I react opposed to responding to my children. I teach that in my clinic. What's the difference between reacting and responding? Reacting is when we react out of hurt and pain. Responding is we have hurt and pain, but we are taught and trained on how to respond to them. And so I believe that when someone, when a parent chooses to get healthy, then they are more capable of passing off a healthy response to their children. Now, let me pivot a little bit and say the greatest thing I think people that, 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 excuse me, the greatest thing that God ever gave man, I think is Jesus. That is the greatest gift he ever gave mankind. But I believe the second greatest gift is the gift of choice. Everything that God created does exactly what he wants it to do when he wants it to do it, except for man. He gave man the gift of choice. And just because you choose healing, does not mean that your children will choose healing. But what it does mean is when they make choices that are not aligned with your belief or your values, you will then respond differently because you are a person that is well. It doesn't, you know, the buzzword, you know, nowadays is triggers, 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 like, oh my gosh, that triggers me and that, oh my gosh. And so what to me a trigger is, is you are saying, I want someone to walk around my wound so I can feel wellness. No, you are responsible for removing those triggers. So it doesn't hurt anymore. And that is possible. Makes sense. You know, I, I was even thinking about the other day because um, you and I were messaging yesterday. We we were supposed to record this episode yesterday, but there was severe weather that went through the area. The day before that, 
was the anniversary of the tornado that hit my hometown. Mm-hmm. When that date starts to approach, I start to remember those feelings. Yes. Now, what I've chosen to do, I mean, I'm several years removed from that date, but what I've chosen to do is to sit with those feelings. And I was, I was scared. I thought I'd kill my boys, but I choose to remember that day, remember those feelings. But then I remember the things that happened afterwards, all the amazing things that happened as our community came together and helped neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you first have to be willing to sit with those feelings and understand yourself where you were coming from. And then you start to replace it with something positive. Is that, is that what you had to do? Um, yeah, we kind of call it a fire drill. Sometimes there isn't a positive replacement. Okay. There's just not. It's great when we can replace it with something that's positive. Mm -hmm. In the clinic, I teach something called the fire drill. And so how do you teach yourself to respond to what's happening to you instead of reacting to what's happening to you, right? So what happens if there's not a positive response? Then what do we do, right? Mm -hmm. That is oftentimes where I feel like we have to go into God's word and we have to replace those things. Maybe something that's not current. It might be a future promise that he has promised us that we have to hang on to until he chooses to birth that promise to us. And so oftentimes people that I work with aren't capable or there is not. It's great and it's easy when it is a positive response. Mm -hmm. But when, when you're able to replace that, but if you're not, now what do you do? Well, see, there's promises that God has made us as he has chosen to adopt us into his family. And it is our birthright. And we have to go back and we have to find those promises. And we have to choose to implant those into where we are. That's really good. One of my favorite Bible characters is Job. I love it. The thing that I get from the description in the book of James is that we don't know that he was ever told why this happened to him. No. But we we learn from the book of James that we're to understand God is merciful. And we see that he had a really good ending after the the trials he went through. But as to whether he understood it or not, what happened, I don't know. And sometimes when we go through things, personally speaking, I don't necessarily understand why it happened. And, you know, not that I would wish certain things on people, but I'm starting to get to the mindset that there are treasures in the trial if you're willing to look for them. Yes. And I'm hearing some of the treasures for you. I mean, how you're helping people navigate these challenges, you know, and that's one of the things, reasons for this podcast the trials that we went through, um, they were difficult, but I'm hoping other adoptive parents can understand you aren't alone. There are other people experiencing these things to different levels, but there are promises that you can stay the course and you can heal yourself and hopefully your children will heal as well. So that's that's one of the things I'm hearing. I, I agree. And you know, the enemy thought he had stripped Job of everything. 
And when we look at it, on the physical, he did. Mm -hmm. But he was incapable of stripping Job from the father. He was incapable of doing that. And it wasn't that Job didn't get frustrated. He did. Mm -hmm. He even, and, and, and I use my own terminology, how I hear it when I read it. Like Job was questioning, God, what's going on? Like, what? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and God replied back to Job, like, Job, where were you when I was slinging planets in the sky? It's mm -hmm. right out and created you yet. You don't know what your purpose is going to be. Mm -hmm. And Job stayed the course despite how it all looked. You know, oftentimes I bring people into the clinic and, and, and I teach um, unmet expectations. And I think how fitting that is for your audience. You know, sometimes we go through this trial and then we receive this blessing and we have all these expectations of what we want family to be like, especially after we've gone through this season. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we don't know what we're really doing is we are giving those children a, a job description to fill this hurt in our heart, this hole in our heart. Mm -hmm. And when those things don't manifest, now we have unmet expectations. And I teach in the clinic that expectations put the other person in prison, i.e. your children. Mm -hmm. But unmet expectations not only put your children in prison, but it also imprisons ourselves. We can't see good coming to us. Because we have expectations. But there's a reason why we have expectations. And oftentimes it's birthed out of unresolved hurt and pain in our life that we haven't really addressed. And so now we need someone else, a mini me, to fill that hole. Mm -hmm. You've said a lot there. And I know in, in our own journey, uh, some of the we, we had a lot of hurt prior to the adoption. You do have expectations, you know, finally, everything's going to be fine because we've, we've got that bundle of joy. Yes. And I hope adoptive parents are listening because I'm thinking of one couple in particular, I won't name them, but I know we've talked and they have shared similar ideas that what you've discussed there. And yeah, we, we have to heal ourselves. We have to choose to heal ourselves and we've been blessed with these children and Hopefully we can get them started down the path to uh, seeking to fulfill themselves in Christ. I mean, Correct. that's the, that's the only way to really fill the hole. Yes. And so that's, it's really good. I want to thank you for joining us today. Can I ask you if you could just leave one, one tidbit, I, I like to call these daily doables. If you just leave one tidbit of all the things you said i really hope people are taking notes but they can listen to this over and over but just one thing you would like to share with them is a daily doable that they could begin to start the healing process well i think the one that comes to my mind the most is you can't bury the pain you're not responsible for what happened to you 
but you are responsible for the way you respond to the things that are happening to you. And until you take some time and start jotting down, no matter how insignificant you think it is, start jotting down things that hurt you. And as you jot those things down, start linking them to the things that are in your present day. And then ask God to show you either reach out to someone and because oftentimes we can't do it by ourselves, even though we want to, we can't perform surgery on ourselves, but get someone and start expressing how this hurt and pain makes you feel. I teach in the clinic all the time that feelings are the thermometer that God has given us. And it's either going to drive us to truth or it's going to drive us to lies. And so that's where I would start jotting down hurt and pain in our lives so you can identify it. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about that on this podcast. It's touching those feelings. We've got to be willing to touch them. Uh, That's what my son did. That's what I've been trying to do. And so that's a really good uh, tip and a daily doable for each of us here. Speaking about your clinic, um, I know you have a clinic coming up. Regardless of when you're listening to this uh, podcast episode, there's one coming up soon. And talk about that. And you have a special offer for listeners of this show. Absolutely. So our next clinic is April 20th through the 23rd. This is a women's clinic. So we do a four-day weekend for women and we do four-day weekends for men. For years and years and years, I just used to really work with women. And one day they asked me, Keisha, when are you going to do this for the men? And I would say never. I've done a few for men. And oh my gosh, to watch men get in contact with their feelings have just been life-changing. But our next clinic is for women. Mm -hmm. It's April 20th through the 23rd in Atlanta, Georgia. So it's a four-day weekend. And so ladies, if you're listening, um, I am going to offer any of Tim's listeners to call in um, and you get a $150 discount. And so what does that include? It's all-inclusive. It's It includes all your meals, all your accommodations. You're going to work with my recovery team. You're going to work with myself. What happens is we take the clocks off the wall. And we start diving in on teaching you how to heal from hurt and pain. And so just like pain is inherited, so is healing. And as we teach you tools and force you to use these tools, you are going to start learning not only how to heal yourself, but you're going to learn how to heal others and how to identify hurt and pain in their lives and how to start responding instead of reacting. And so that's coming up in Atlanta. I'm hearing um, from my team, we're going to be doing one for men. I don't know if it's in May or June. We only do three men's clinics a year, um, but that one's also coming up. Um, and I'm not sure of the location. Um, you are more than welcome to call in and ask questions, um, you know, to, to get dates on the upcoming men's clinic. Perfect. Now, I want to tell you, we only take about 10, depending on the facility, we only take about 10. Sometimes we take 12. We keep it small on purpose. My men's clinics tend to be a little bit bigger. There's like 15 to 20. But um, we do that deliberately because we really want to teach you how to heal. We believe that God created us to heal ourselves. We just don't know how. Perfect. And I will put all your contact information in the show notes so that people can 
have links to click on or whatever, and they can get in touch with you that way. So absolutely. Please include my phone number because I do feel like sometimes people just need a 911 and they can call or text when Mm -hmm. they're in crisis. I know what that feels like. So please don't hesitate to call me personally or text me. That's very generous of you. I will include your phone number. As we wrap up, thank you so much, Keisha, for joining us today. I really, really am happy with what you have offered our audience and the tools you've shared with them. And again, your vulnerability. its uh, I applaud you for showing how we can heal from brokenness. So thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. I believe that Jesus draws near to the brokenhearted. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate you allowing me on. And I hope to get a chance to see some of your listeners really soon. Perfect. Thanks. There are so many takeaways from today's episode. I hope you took notes. And you can always go back and listen to the replay. Here are a few of the ones that I noticed. Number one, you are not responsible for what happened to you, but you are responsible for the way you respond. Number two, you can't put a Band-Aid on bullet holes. Number three, you can't parent out of poverty. Number four, unresolved hurt and pain that we as parents haven't addressed can lead to unmet expectations, which not only put our children in prison, but us as well. And number five, there's a difference between being right and being well. Please check the show notes for Keisha's contact information. If you're interested in attending her women's clinic, Make sure and take advantage of the generous offer that she is giving to my listeners. Just mention that you heard about it on this podcast. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you again for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.